Bishop Lawrence is the bishop of the Mid-Atlantic District, which is, what, North Carolina, South Carolina, and Virginia, right? Yeah, and so he's the Pentecostal Church of God Bishop. Now, some of you are familiar with the Assemblies of God and was raised Assemblies of God, and that is the same thing as calling him a district superintendent. And uh, we just call him Bishop because that's a scriptural term. If any man desires the office of a bishop, he desires a good work. And so Bishop is over those churches there. He's also my cousin, and I preached my first revival. Uh, I was 12 years old, probably. It's hard to tell what I said, Bishop. But thank you for believing in me. And so I preached my first revival for Bishop Lawrence when I was 12 or 13 years old. And so I've preached for him for years and years and years. And he's been in town lots of times, but never had the opportunity to preach for me. Can you believe that? He's always had to go back and take care of his churches. And so I told him this weekend, I said, you can't go home unless you preach Sunday. And so he's going to preach for us. And so would you stand? One more time and give a great big Christ point welcome to Bishop Lawrence. Come on, let's really give a Christ point welcome. Amen. Thank you so much. You may be seated. Thank you, Pastor Josh. We are so glad to be a Christ Point Church. It's beautiful to see what God has done and what He is doing. How I many knows God's doing something? He's always working. And uh, we are living in, in, in unprecedented times. How many would agree these are unprecedented times? These are difficult days that we are living in. Um, John described the, the last days in his book as the last hour. This is the last hour. Time is slipping away. Uh, I, I'm reminded of the little joke. Little Johnny went to Grandma's house, and she had a one of those clocks that, that cuckooed every hour. And um, so he was amazed. Every time it would strike one, he would run in and count one. And one day, uh, the, the clock went off, and it went one. He went down to 10, 11, 12, and it just kept going. It got stuck, and he said 13, 14, 15. And Johnny runs over to Grandma and said, Grandma, it's later than it's ever been. And I would like to preach all that message today, but I'm going to preach another message. You know, when you come to preach, you bring so many messages, and I say, oh, Lord, uh, give me the word that I need to preach. I just want to preach anything, but I would have wanted to go that direction. But I, but I preached a message last Sunday that I was going to preach today. But, but, but how many knows this year has been, um, I would say, not only frustrating, but it's been such a disappointment for so many people because we made our plans in January, expectations. We set our goals, our vacations, our weddings, our graduations, and everything was planned out in January. And then, uh, then February came and COVID-19 came and everything changed. And as I was sitting in the front row a couple weeks ago in church and I was listening to the announcements that Sister Bobby was giving them, uh, and she said, our camp meeting has been canceled. And Brother Jocelyn, then we're supposed to come. And I was so excited. We had the cards made, posters made. We'd been promoting it. And then up to the last week, we wanted to go with it. And unfortunately, because some of our ministers and people weren't traveling, we just said, well, it would be wise to cancel it. So we did. 
But when she said camp meeting canceled, I just kind of got uh, upset, angry. I said, every, I just said to myself, you know, it seems like everything's been canceled. Our 40th wedding anniversary was canceled last week. We, we were supposed to be in Brazil and we were looking forward to celebrating our 40th and it was canceled. And, and it just seems like, you know, graduations and, and family, vac uh, all the things, sports, all been canceled. Uh, everything that had been planned had been canceled. But the good news is today, how many knows God's, none of God's plans have been canceled. I said none of God's plans have been canceled. Listen to the scripture here. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 9. God has now revealed to us his mysterious plan regarding Christ. A plan to fulfill his own good pleasure and this is the plan at the right time. Everyone say the right time. At the right time he will bring everything together under the authority of Christ. Everything in heaven and earth. How many knows God is going to bring everything together? God's plans are still on schedule. I said God's plans are still on schedule. He hasn't changed his plan. He don't have plan B. He's only got plan A. And it was made before the foundations of the world. And so as I was sitting there, begin to think about 2020, everything's been canceled. But the good news is God's plans for your life, God's plans for your future, God's plans for your eternity has not been canceled. It's not been canceled. The coming of the Lord has not been canceled. Someone say, thank God. He's going to descend. It's not been canceled. It's right on schedule. It's going to happen sooner than we think. The marriage supper of the Lamb. It's not been canceled. I stop. Is that wedding music that I hear? I believe everything is set and everything is ready. It's not going to be canceled. And the Bible says, come for all things are ready. Supper's ready. And if you're not ready for the supper tonight, you need to get ready. The judgment of God has not been canceled. The Bible says that Jesus will one day judge all men. He will judge the world. Our mission has not been canceled. The Great Commission has not been canceled. Even though we were social distancing and we're separated in, in our homes, we still have a responsibility and a command and a commission to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. It's not been canceled. We still got to share the good news. Night is coming when no man can work. So we must work church. And then finally, the final point was the last day revival and the great awakening that has been prophesied has not been canceled. In the last day, saith God, I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh. Peter said, and your sons and daughters will prophesy and your old middle dream dreams and your young middle sea visions and upon my servants and handmaids I will pour out of my spirit in that day, saith God. Hallelujah. And whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Aren't you glad God's plans are not canceled? Stand and give God a shout and say, thank God. Everything is on schedule. Hallelujah. God has got everything under control. Everything is under control. Everything is under control. Sometimes we think things are out of order and things are falling apart. But if you believe the prophetic word of God, which is two-thirds prophecy, everything's not falling apart. It's coming together.
It's coming together because God's authoritative word has prepared a plan before we were born. And he's orchestrating that plan on planet Earth. And we have got the privilege to be a part of that plan. Aren't you glad you can be a part of the God's plan? We're laborers with God. If you have your Bibles, I'm going to read one scripture this morning from Matthew chapter 5, verse 13. Matthew chapter 5, verse 13. One scripture this morning. And we will preach from this scripture, Matthew chapter 5, verse 13. The scripture is taken from Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, the Beatitudes. Coming down to verse 13, Jesus said, You are the salt of the earth. But if, everyone say, but if, the salt have lost its savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is therefore good for nothing but to be cast out and to be trodden under the foot of men. You are the salt of the earth. Let us pray. Father, we thank you today for your word. We thank you for your presence, Lord God. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for your anointing today that you would touch our lips of clay and touch our hearts and our ears to hear, to receive the word of God. To all, Father, that your people may be encouraged and strengthened by the word of God today, that your will be done in this service, we pray in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. I want to speak to you this morning about be being salty saints. Everyone say salty saints. Salty saints. Are you salty today? We sing that song. I love, I love the song that we sing. It's um, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Uh, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Amen. Let the, let the church of the Lord rise. Amen. Like salt. We're to be that salt of the earth. And in this scripture that we read this morning, uh, Jesus come, was speaking about the, the beginning of his beatitude message and he be, begins to use two metaphors to illustrate what he was saying. So he, he illustrated uh, the life of a Christian, a kingdom person, as being salt and light. He calls us to be salt that penetrates and he calls us to be light that radiates. You are the salt of the earth. What what was Jesus saying to them on that day? What is Jesus saying to us this morning as a church, as believers in the kingdom of God? I believe that Jesus was speaking about our influence. Everyone say influence. Jesus was speaking about our influence, that the influence that we can make for God and for good, how that we can impact our world. I, when I was, as I was sitting there this Friday at this funeral service, Service and even the week before Brother Larry's service, I was just uh, just amazed as I read the uh, the comments of people from all over the world, uh, their comments about how that Brother Larry's life, one life, how that he impacted their life, the influence that he had in their life. Not just people in fact, but even people come to the door of the house and knock. An air conditioner man knocked at the door with tears in his eyes. And he said, can I just tell you, I'm so sorry that Larry is gone. He was such a friend and a blessing. And even when he was 
working on his house. He got to, he was ministering to people uh, and people after people. We heard the same testimony, how this man has impacted your life. And how many knows that's what a Christian should do? That's what we're all called to do is to make an impact. Someone say impact, but there's no impact without contact. You got to make contact. You have got to speak words. You have got to take time. You've got to pay attention. You've got to be sensitive to your world and the people around you. And you've got to take time to be that salt. Amen. Jesus said, you are the salt of the earth. What does it mean to be a salty Christian? We'll give you a couple uh, points tonight. Number one, the first thing is Christians like salt are of great value. Christians like salt are of great value. Someone say great value. Jesus was making us, uh, he was saying how important we as Christians are because in the society of Jesus's day, salt was very precious. It was precious almost like gold. In fact, uh, the word for salt, the, the Romans would use, the, it was the word salary where they would pay the Roman soldiers with salt. And that's where we get the, the term, you know, the worth the salt, uh, he's worth his salt uh, because that was used as a medium of exchange instead of money. It was salt. So it was very precious and it was very valuable. It was important back in those days. So how many would realize today that you are very valuable to the kingdom of God? You might say, well, pastor, I'm just an insignificant nobody. Nobody knows me. I don't have a pulpit. I don't have a ministry. I don't have a, a, a position in the church. How many knows you don't have to have a position in the church and be on the platform to have influence. You have influence whether you like to want to do it or not. It's either for good or bad. We're all called to have influence. All of us are called to be the salt of the earth. Jesus said, you are the salt of the earth. You're valuable. I need you. The world needs you. The world needs your voice. The world needs uh, uh, what you can offer. You have a gift and a gifting that God has placed in you and God wants you to use that gift because you are of great value and you have something to bring. The good news, the most valuable thing in the world is the message of the cross of Jesus Christ and we have been chosen to be able to deliver that message. Jesus said you are the salt of the earth. You are of great value. Number two, Christians like salt are to be a preservative. Everyone say preservative. Back in Jesus's day, we know that there was no refrigeration and Jesus was speaking to a lot of his followers were fishermen. And so uh, you understand uh, if you've ever caught some fish and didn't put them in the refrigerator, left them in the trunk of your car, you'll discover before too long, something stinks. And uh, because you got to get them on ice, you got to get them refrigerated. And in those days, of course, they used salt as a preservative. Uh, to preserve the meat from the moral, from the corruption, from the rottenness, from the stench and from the stink. And so what Jesus was saying, you are the moral preservative. You are my agent that can preserve. Because how many knows this world is corrupt? This is a corrupt world. In Peter's first message at Pentecost, he said, deliver yourself from this corrupt generation of 2,000 years removed from Peter preaching that. How many knows there's still 
a lot of corruption and sin is abounding, but thank God his grace is much more abounding. But Jesus said in the last days, the mystery of iniquity, sin will abound. It will abound. It will increase. It will intensify. And so what is the antidote? Well, you know, when we had COVID-19, it, it started, they said, well, in China. And, and then we heard that it was moving here. And then we heard in Washington State, a case in here. And before long, it was spreading all over America. This virus was spreading. It was infecting. It was affecting the whole nation. But how many knows there's a virus more deadly than COVID-19? There's a virus more deadly than COVID-19. And that's the virus Jesus was talking about. We have got to go into society and we've got to penetrate the highways, the byways, the schoolhouses, uh, the churches, uh, our government. We've got to penetrate. We've got to invade territory because there's corruption. Uh, and the only antidote is the blood of Jesus. Uh, the virus has already been canceled. 2,000 years ago on the cross. Thank God there is an antidote and thank God we are the salt of the earth uh, and we have a, a message to bring. De De Dennis Kinlow, he was a professor at Asbury University where Brother Josh went a few years ago there in Kentucky. He, back in Kentucky, in our places here in Missouri and the Ozarks, I know you understand this, back in the day in our day, grandma's in our house and the farm we had what we called the smokehouse and we uh, the smokehouse is where we would ha hang the country hams and uh, and all the meat but before you could you could um, uh, to hang the hams you had to put the sugar cured and the salt into the ham and you had to rub it in everyone say rub it in and Dennis was given responsibility one day by grandma to, to cure one of the hams, but he didn't do a very good job. He put some salt on it, but he didn't rub it in. And so grandma went to cut a piece of ham off and she screamed because there was maggots crawling. Oh, that's gross. I know that corruption. It, 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 and, and so she calls Dennis in. She said, Dennis, did not I tell you to rub this? And, 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 and he, she said, you didn't rub it in. You didn't rub it long enough. You didn't penetrate the corruption. And how many knows salt has got to penetrate? The salt's got to get out of the shaker. And I got a book in my library somewhere. It's called Out of the Salt Shaker. You got you to gotta get that salt out. And, and we don't just throw it at people. You know, we, we don't just try to rub God. Awful. You know, we want God to rub off, but you got to be careful how you deal with people. But you, they got to have the salt, just the right amount, because too much salt will burn. You just don't throw it in people's eyes. But we got to give them Jesus. Someone say Amen. Because the only antidote for the corruption and the deception of their heart is Jesus, uh, and they need Jesus. And we are the salt uh, of the earth. We are the preservative of the earth. Uh, we live in a day with the most advanced technology. And, and breakthroughs in medicine and science, communication and all the things that we see. But yet in, in spite of that, we see the corruption and we see uh, the sin is abounding. But the church has always been a preservative. A, a, some, the church has always been an influence that has infected society. Even when hospitals began back in the, even the Roman days where the hospitality 
immorality during the bubonic plagues and during the times when everyone else was fleeing. The Christians were running where the, where the problem, where the lepers was, where the plague was. And they was offering an antidote. They was offering those people Jesus. They was penetrating. Hospitals were built by the Christians, by the church. Christian colleges were built to influence young people to follow the kingdom of God. Amen. Government was godly. Adoption. All those things were the result of the influence of the church. But today, everyone say today. My question is who's influencing who? Who's influencing who? Are we penetrating the moral corruption of this world like we should as a church? George Barna had a, a, a survey a while back, and, and I don't know how a while back, I don't have the date, but this is what the statistics said. The average Christian in the average church is almost indistinguishable from the rest of society. That's a strong indictment against the church. And that's not Jesus' plan for the church because Jesus said for the church, you are the what? The salt of the earth. We're to penetrate. We're not to be influenced by the world. But God says, come out from among them and be separate. We're not to, uh, to, to, to separate from the world, but we are to be in the midst of the situation and we're to bring help and hope to a dying generation. So we are the salt. We are of value. We are to be a preserving factor. Number three, Christians like salt, salty saints are to be a seasoning. Someone say seasoning. They're to bring the seasoning. Listen to Colossians chapter 4 verse 6. Let your conversation be full of grace. Season with salt so that you may know how to answer everyone. Let your conversation, let your life, your full life be full of grace. How many knows that Jesus's life was full of grace? John said, behold, the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. And he said, there goes Jesus. He was full of grace and full of truth. When you saw Jesus, you saw grace. You saw meekness. You saw humility. And, and he, this was the, the the, the flavor. This was uh, what G people felt coming from him. Uh, Jesus, never a man spake like this man. Listen to Colossians chapter 4 verse 6 from the Message Bible. Let me tell you why you are here. You are here to be the salt seasoning that brings out the God flavors of this earth. How many wants to be the salt seasoning for Jesus? Jesus that brings some God flavors out. Hallelujah. The world needs to see that our God is an awesome God. He's not a bland, boring God sitting up there asleep. But he only can live in us. And he lives in us and he works through us. And so we're to bring out the God flavors. I don't know about you, but I like salt in my food. Can anyone say you like salt in your food? I feel sorry today and I pray for you if you're on a salt-free diet. Because if you've ever had salt, if you've ever tried to eat something with no salt, you know, we sat down at the table.
table, especially our family. Josh is in our family. And we growed up among the, and we would sat down, I would hear someone say, because we usually had a big group around. That, that, that needs a little bit more salt. That, Josh can do it real good. You've probably done it for him. That needs a little bit more seasoning. Okay, and would you go? And so that's just the way we, we, we were funny about our food. We would do that, but it's true. Amen. Food that is bland is not really good. I like to be able to taste. I like the flavor. I like to enjoy my, my meal and, and, and people to enjoy it. So salt is a ingredient. It's a seasoning that, that does that. Job put it this way. He said, can that which is unsavory be eaten? without salt or is there any taste in the white of an egg I don't know about you but I just don't like white eggs without salt or however you do them devil them pickle them uh, whatever I like them but I like some salt and some pepper because I like the seasoning I like the flavor I like the juice to run down my chin and I like to have my napkin and say well this is good this tastes good how many of those people should say that about our Christian lives? We should make them thirsty. Amen. The Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good. The goodness of God leads people to repentance. It's not when we get at them, get our finger in their no up their nose and tell them they're going to hell. That's not going to lead anyone anywhere. We got to live in such a way that we make people thirsty. They water. They say, uh, the, uh, David said, as the deer panteth after the water brook, I'm so thirsty for God. God. He lived like that. Brother Larry lived like that. Are you living like that? I trust you are. I trust that I'll live like that because I've been around too many bland Christians. Now I'm going to preach now. So you can say, just go ahead and preach. It's called the bland leading the bland. Now that needs a little preservative. That needs a little spice stuff. That's something Brother Larry, maybe Brother Larry's jokes. You got to laugh at those now. Corny. <laughs> but how many knows? Uh, uh, salt brings out the God flavor. And Jesus uh, uh, was that kind of man. The Bible said, never a man spake like this man. Let your speech be seasoned with salt. Your kindness, your words, your attitudes, your actions, uh, they should reflect uh, the, the, the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. When it was said about the disciples, when they were, when they were, when they were uh, confronting them uh, and challenging why they were doing what they were doing, their, their, their testimony was, these men have been with Jesus. How many knows when you be, when you're with Jesus, he'll rub off on you. When you get in your prayer closet and you get to prayer and you get in your word, amen, the spirit, the anointing of God, amen, is tangible. Something that, that people's going to know there's something different about that person. That's an anointed man. That's a person that loves God. And may people be able to say that about our lives. There goes a man of God. There goes a woman of God. There goes a young person that loves Jesus more than anything. Because that's what Christianity 101 is all about. It's about living and loving and speaking and not speaking and, 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 and it's carrying yourself as the way God would have you to carry yourself. Let your speech be seasoned with salt. Christians like salt are not only to be a seasoning and a preservative, but they're to also to bring healing. Everyone say healing. 
Second Chronicles chapter two, I mean Second Kings chapter two, verse twenty. You probably know the story where the, the prophet Elisha, uh, the great man of God, had done the great miracles of God. Most of these were, you know, touching people, raising people from the dead, all the things that he did. But on this occasion, in Second Kings chapter two, verse twenty, the the someone came into the prophet and said, "The water we're drinking is bitter. The water is bad." And so, uh, so Elisha, the prophet, he took a pinch of salt and he throwed it into the water and the water was healed. The water was healed because salt has a, a healing properties. It's an antiseptic, but it has healing properties in it. And so in Bible days, uh, uh, it was used for many things. Even when babies were born, uh, they, were bo they were bathed in a, in a saline bath and they were, they were salt and wrapped up in different things. And this salt uh, it was an antiseptic and it was healing. It was protected. And so Elisha, when he cast the crew, uh, the, 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 the pinch of salt into the waters, the Bible said the waters were healed and they went from being bitter to being blessed. How many wants to be a blessing this morning? We all do. Amen. David, God said, I will make you a blessing. Uh, there's a lot of bitterness and there's a lot of trouble and there's a lot of uh, junk out there. But how many knows we as Christians, we can bring some salt. We can bring some of the life of God. Amen. And we can bring healing to the situation. We can bring restoration to the situation. The scripture says in Luke chapter 4 verse 18, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to heal those that are bruised and those that are crushed and to deliver them from the overpowering influence of the enemy. How many knows today there's a lot of people that we work with, we live with in our neighborhoods uh, that need healing today. They need emotional healing because their emotions are overwhelmed. They're filled with fear and, and, and situations because of the, because of the, 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 the culture and because of the COVID and all the things that we're dealing with. People need healing. People need Jesus. Uh, and we have the privilege of being healing agents to the people around us. We all need to be to bring healing, but we need to pray for healing for our nation. If my people, someone say God's people, called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and, and, and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. I don't have time to get off on that, but I know there's been countless prayers being prayed over the course of this year. But how many knows that's the, the important thing is right there, that catch right there, God's, we've got to turn from anything that's, that's, de that's detrimental, anything that's not of God. Uh, we've got to turn from that. That's why David said, uh, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be found acceptable in your sight, Lord. Uh, search me, O God, and, and try me and, and know me and see if there be any wicked way in me. 
I know when we say that as church people, we say, well, pastor, surely church folks shouldn't, wouldn't have wicked ways, but we do. We do. We have ways that displease God and we can't be the effective instruments that would bring healing and restoration to our nation unless we, the church, begin to become that moral influence that we can make that impact, that we can see a transformation in our nation and even our government and, and the world. This is what God wants to do and I believe it's going to happen. Brother Josh has been preaching uh, your pastor on revival and I'm in total agreement. We need that revival. So many of God's prophets and voices are declaring that there is a revival. There is a an awakening that's coming to our nation. I believe it's going to come because God's people are crying out. We're desperate for God and God always shows up when people are desperate. Jonathan Kahn, September, will be gathering in Washington, D.C. I'm going to plan to be there. I've been there at every gathering from Promise Keepers when a million men gathered in 1998 and to every gathering that's been in Washington. They're on my face praying with countless thousands. God visit us again, but I believe this is a, perhaps the la this is the last call. This is the return. It's called the return. And I've heard that word all year long. God's saying it's time to return to me. I've been, and I think during COVID, we've had plenty of opportunity. We've had time alone. We should be having our hearts engaged with God. We should be right with God because we've had time to get things in order. Amen. Because God wants to move in our nation. We must have a move of God. So let's believe God. Stand with your pastors in prayer and fasting. Uh, that God will just begin to bring revival, personal revival in our hearts and lives so that we can go out and we can bring healing. Amen. Jesus said out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water healing streams where the healing waters flow not bitter words not angry words God help us and deliver us from that you don't have to look very far on, online or internet or Facebook and you find people that are angry and bitter and, and then sometimes it's even Christians that are pr propagating that but we need to be blessing we need to be we need to be influencing we need to bring the God flavors up. we need to be speaking about the things of God God. We are the salt of the earth. Someone say amen. Just a couple other things. Salt, Christians like salt. Often we, as we speak the truth, the truth can hurt. The truth can even irritate people. Mark 9, 49 says Jesus' words for every one shall be salted with fire. How many's ever got a cut in your hand or a cut on your leg? And mama, you know, you put some salt or got into the ocean with it and it burns. It burns because of the salt. And, and, and so sometimes when we uh, are salty Christians and when we speak the truth in love, it will hurt and it will offend. But Jesus said, you've got to know the truth. You've got to tell the truth. We've got to speak the truth in love because it's like God is the way and the truth. There's a spirit of error in the land. There's a spirit of deception in the world. And there's even Christians that are vulnerable to this deception. So we have, you know, we got this speak the truth. We've got to stay in the truth and the truth will hurt. Jesus uh, uh, spoke the truth and, and many people were upset when he would speak the truth to them. They throwed him out of the brow of the city. They, they run him out. I'm talking about sometimes the truth will hurt, but it'll help you. 
If you've ever heard mama say, this is going to taste bad, but it's going to help you. This is going to hurt. This, this weapon's going to hurt, but it's going to help you. Amen. So sometimes the truth hurts. And finally, the truth creates a thirst. Salt creates thirst. As salty Christians, we should be creating thirst. That's why they put that salt on those that popcorn at the movie theater. They load it up so you can buy some more Coke, I guess. But potato chips and anything that, that the peanuts, uh, it, it creates a thirst. It creates a thirst. And as Christians, we need to make Jesus the, who is the fountain of living water. We need to create a thirst in people that they want to come to this fountain of living water. I'm reminded of the story in John chapter Chapter 4, when Jesus told his disciples, he said, we must needs go through Samaria. They said, but Jesus, this is off territory, this is territory that's off limits. This is off limits, but they didn't question, but Jesus led them right into Samaritan territory. We must needs go through Samaria. There about noontime, Jesus was sitting on the well, and here comes a weary woman at noon. She came to get water. Water. And she came at that time because everyone else had come and she didn't want to be seen. She was an outcast. She, her life was a mess. She'd been married and, and so seven times. And here Jesus finds her and she dips down. And as she was dipping to fill her pot, Jesus said, give me a drink of water, ma'am. She said, why are you a Jew talking to me, a Samaritan woman? Jews don't have nothing to do with Samaritans and you shouldn't be talking to a woman. So Jesus broke all the protocols of the cultures of that day. But Jesus saw within her uh, a, a deep hurt, a pain. She needed, uh, she needed a savior. She needed help. And he said, give me the drink of this water. And, uh, but she, and, she, but he, and Jesus said, uh, if you drink of the water that I give you, ma'am, you'll never thirst again. She said, give me this water. And I pray today that our lives will be lived like that, that we are, we find thirsty people. When we find people that are searching for truth, people that are searching for happiness and looking for love in the wrong places, that we can be like Jesus, sensitive enough to tell them, I have something that you need. Peter and John said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, I give to you. In Jesus' name, rise up and walk. I want you to know we have something the world needs. We have Jesus. Up, and we should be creating that thirst. Someone said you can't, you can lead a, a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. But you can salt his oats. That's what we do. We make people thirsty for God. People should look at our lives and say, I don't know what's about that man or woman or that young person, but there's something that, that I want. There's a, there's a, you're creating a hunger and a thirst. But as I close this morning, Jesus closed this analogy. You are the salts of the earth. But then Jesus came down and he said, but if, that's a condition, but if, your salt, your influence, your, your life loses its savor. Jesus said it, it's good for nothing. It's good for nothing.
How many of us we can lose our Savior when we lose our love for God and love for the things of God? We can still say that we love God, but the Bible said we can even prophesy and we can even speak to mountains. We can even have the faith to move mountains. But Jesus said, if you have not love, you're nothing. Reduced down to nothing. So I believe Jesus here, he says, you're the salt. But if the salt loses its savior, savior, it's good for nothing. So technically speaking, salt cannot lose its saltiness. The, the true salt, chemical salt that we look today, but sodium chloride is stable. But in Jesus's day, the salt was collected from the Dead Sea, which is very salty. I was reading somewhere one time with the Atlantic Ocean, if you take a ton of water and, and reduce it down, you get 80 pounds of salt. If you go to the Dead Sea and reduce a, a ton of water, you get 500 pounds of salt. So it tells you different bodies of water have different saltiness, just like sometimes different Christians have different influence and more impact than others because they're more salty. They're a more salty Christian. And then some has lost their Savior, don't have the influence. But Jesus said of his salt from the Dead Sea that it was um, uh, soluble because of the impurities that was in this salt it, because the rain would come and the storms and the rain would wash the salt uh, out of this uh, of, of the sea and it would become less salty and it would be no salt of value and in Jesus's day once that once that happened they would throw the salt out on the roads and they, the people would walk on it it was thrown out for men to walk on when they lost their savior so today we can't lose our influence we've got to say God help me the thing, the way that I live, the, the things that we say, the attitudes that we entertain, the lifestyles that we adopt, are they continuously producing positive or negative results in our lives and in our society? Are we transforming? Are we living a transformative life? Or are we being conformed to the world and be transformed by the fads and the fashions, the styles and the situations of this world? Our lives, whether we are aware of it or not, either are counting for God and for good or against him. There's no middle ground. Gandhi, the spiritual leader of India, Many years ago, he was interested in Christianity. He was studying all the religions. And a missionary asked him one day, he said, what is the greatest hindrance to Christianity in India? And Gandhi said, Christians. And he went on to become a Hindu because he didn't he couldn't find a christian that 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 was uh, that was living and impacting an example like jesus and therefore he, he he rejected christianity and he up to become a hindu would the musicians come how about your life this morning how about your influence this morning are you a salty saint Today, your life is so important to the Lord, regardless of whether you be a young child or 
90 years old this morning. God needs you. You're valuable to God. You're valuable to the kingdom of God. And God needs every one of us to be a voice, to be a, to be a light, to be salt. Amen. That's being spread because this gospel must be spread. This influence must impact the world. Jesus said this gospel must be preached in all the world. And when you read the book of Acts, I love reading it said in, in, in the gospel and the word of God spread and the word of God spread. And I think of, you know, how did it spread from person to person, from Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, uh, it was spread through people that love God and people that would take the message of Jesus with their life and their lip, they would spread their influence and it would impact not just individual lives, but in Acts 17, 6, it said these men uh, that uh, are trouble in our city and they have turned our city upside down. I say, Lord, help the church to do it again. Help us, God, to impact our cities and our communities in such a way that, that sinners would say these people love God so much and they have turned this city upside down for Jesus and it can happen because you are the salt of the earth and God needs every one of you. God needs Christ Point Church to be a salty influence and an impact in this four state area. God needs your voice. God needs this church. He needs every voice in every church because we're living in, a, in, a, in, a, in perilous times. God's going to move. But unfortunately, I was reading a statistic the other day that 72% of churches in America today are liberal. 72% of the 350,000 churches are liberal. They're... They've lost their saltiness, lost their purpose, their mission, and therefore the result is society and culture, the corruption, the darkness is intensifying, the corruption is growing. God needs his church. And he said, I'll build my church, and you and I have to, got to be a part of this last day move of God. God's counting on us. He's counting on us to be a voice, a preservative a God flavor to this world to bring healing with our hands and with our words to create a thirst for God that people will want to follow you to church. The person that you work for, for in the factory will say, where, where do you go to church? And they'll, they'll follow you. That's what God wants. You might not even have to say a whole other word. Just preach the gospel and if necessary, use words your influence, your impact, salty Christians. There's a story in the Bible about Lot. He was rescued by his uncle Abraham. He interceded for him and his family. And, uh, uh, but there and he went down to Sodom and he Bible says he pitched his tent toward Sodom and he uh, began to compromise and and when the when the destruction came the angels had to drag him out of the city because he, he was just so captivated by the culture that he had lost his influence. He had lost his savor. But God spared him. He was merciful. His wife, you know, the story turned into a pillar of salt. 
today. Jesus needs you. Would you stand? Everyone stand as we pray and turn it over to Brother Josh. Our world needs Jesus. Our world is growing darker and more morally corrupt and rebellious. The spirit of the Antichrist, the lawless spirit is, is, is rampant in our nation, in our cities. We see that. We hear that. But the Lord is looking to us, the church. We are valuable. You are the salt of the earth. Our world needs revival and healing. Our world needs Jesus. So today, I just want you to lift up your hands if you just say, Lord, I just want you to say, Lord, I want to, I want to be a salty Christian. But maybe you're here this morning, and I'm speaking to some, some today that would say, Pastor, man, my, I've not been living like I should. My, I realize that I, I'm not making the impact that I want to make. But I realize that it's going to start with my heart. It's going to start with getting my eyes on Jesus, spending some time with Jesus spending some more time in prayer preparing my heart so that when people ask me as Peter said what I believe in the reason that I'm so happy the reason that I'm not going to work depressed and the reason that I'm not fearful and afraid that I'll be able to give them an answer of hope and say you I want to tell you about my Jesus I want to tell you my God's got everything under control I'm not afraid that's the kind of Christians we got to have we got to have that voice amen because because even if it gets darker, amen, the prophet said gross darkness will cover the earth. Amen, darkness will cover the people. But my glory, someone say my glory. He said, but my glory is going to rise up on my church. And that's what we need. We need God's glory, God's presence, God's anointing. Amen, to overshadow us for such a time as this, we've been called to the kingdom. Would you just say, Lord, here am I, God. Lord, would you, Lord, transform me oh God to become everything you've called me to be and if there's anything in my heart or life Lord that needs to be stripped away Father I give you permission today to cleanse me, wash me prepare me, uh, sanctify me set me apart for these last days Father that I will be that voice, that I'll be that instrument Lord uh, God that points many souls to you that I'll be that salt, uh, that I'll create a thirst, uh, that I'll bring healing, uh, oh Father, help us today. Here am I, Lord. Oh, we submit to you, God. Anoint us, oh God, for this time, for this hour. God, for the great things that you have prepared. We thank you, God, that your plans will prevail and the gates of hell will not be prevailed. Oh, thank you today for what you're going to do here at Christ Point Church. Thank you for Pastor Josh and the leaders. Oh, God, I pray, Father, I thank you God right now that you are working and that you are moving and that you are preparing them to launch them to launch them into a new arena a new place a new sphere father in the name of Jesus today father we pray God that the things that you have promised the things Lord that we have been believing to see oh God that we'll begin to see a manifestation, a manifestation of your power, a manifestation of your glory, a manifestation of your healing virtue. Oh, Father, today, your kingdom come, your will be done here in Christ.
grace point here in our lives and through our lives for the glory of God. We give you praise today, Lord. Great things you've done and great things you're doing. We submit to you. We bless your people today in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.